the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Um, I think the important thing here that we angle at, and for the record, this is a live show, is, is it the 24th? Holy mackerel, the year goes by fast, huh? With that said, I got some things left on my plate that I want to finish out, and, uh, See if I can't get some advice out there for the, those of you who are remaining, so to speak. Um, so don't be shy today. There's not going to be a lot of calls. There's not going to be a lot of great news stories. Um, the world kind of starts to shut down for the holiday period. I think we could be reflective a little bit. We could also talk about Santa has already arrived, in my opinion. What an amazing run. The Dow Jones Industrial Average topped 18,000 yesterday and closed above 18,000 for the first time ever on Tuesday. The S&P 500 tacked on a little more, and it's sitting a snowball's throw away from 2100. Jingle bells, they're ringing on Wall Street. Um, sorry to my mother, sorry to my family, sorry to the loved ones for I just embarrassed everyone with that little jingle bells, they're ringing. Um, it was, Simon, I know. At least I, could, I own up to it. So the Dow and the SP 500 entered the short Christmas Eve session. This is one of those days where the market closes uh, right around 10 o'clock Pacific, 1 o'clock Eastern. Because uh, we got to go shopping. It's Santa time. Thank you. A little slow there. A little slow there, producer number eight. Um, fine shape, though, on the markets. We're sitting at record highs. NASDAQ, not much of a slot either. It dipped Tuesday under the weight of the biotech stocks. Um, it's still up 14% for the year. Year-to-date, the S&P 500 is up 12.6%. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 8.7%. Not too shabby. Again, we had a huge year last year. Five-plus years of, of great growth. This looks like uh, there, there will be a point where the market goes down. It's, we're starting to get to an inflection of you don't always go up. Um, 
we're not there yet. I think, you know, from what I can see, with 5% GDP, the Fed has to start thinking, we have to raise interest rates soon. There's low inflation, sure. There's not great employment. There's good employment. With 5% GDP that we got yesterday, don't they have to say, we're going to do something soon? And I think that'll be a little bit of a change for the markets. And change typically creates some volatility uh, until it can settle in and figure out its next level. So the Santa Claus rally. Um, or should we just refer to it as the Fed feast? It's tough not to default to the jolly image of St. Nick for joyful descriptors this time of year. As for the actual Santa Claus rally period discussed in the stock market, it actually begins today. So even though we've been talking about the Santa Claus rally for December, it's Christmas to Christmas. Uh, it's Christmas to New Year's. So I think that probably makes Santa kind of angry. Let's see if this works. Saint Nick. Yeah, Saint Nick works too. Uh, as far as joyful descriptors go, this time of year. So we play along. Maybe I should say Saint Nick instead of Santa. So um, the period between now and New Year's Eve, it averages about 1.6% up since 1969. Now, a decline for the market over that seven-session span tends to precede a bear market. And a bear market's bad. Boo! Um, it's when stocks can be purchased at much lower prices. Yay! But a lot of people get hurt because they sell low, they panic, they get nervous, they don't want to lose you know, their money. Um, so we watch these next seven days, kind of importantly. Uh, keep in mind, there's no guarantees. So I guarantee there's no guarantee. Um, bear in mind, there's probably some excess out there if Santa doesn't show this year. Um, we've had a good year. We've already seen a 6% gain over the last five sessions, which is unheard of. Can you imagine putting your money in a bank, $100, and getting 6 bucks on the fifth day? Like, whoa, did I do anything? So now we may have to send over Santa to China. The Shanghai Composites dropped nearly 5% in the last two trading sessions, sliding 1.9% today. Reports of a rising non-performing loan ratio. Um, now, I don't want to be a Grinch on Christmas Eve, so I'm not going to keep dwelling on China. It's not my goal. Some better news, the initial jobless, no, the initial um, uh, unemployment claims. They offered a very encouraging glimpse of labor trends. Specifically, it revealed that claims for the week ended December 20th fell to 280,000. Yay. Um, that's nice. And again, unfortunately, we don't get like cash money when we don't get like cash money when we don't get like cash money when help me here what is the phrase that pays oh i don't even know anymore i've lost that train of thought that train has left me um no no mr t don't pay the fool so very thinly traded session today most people aren't going to be focused on the markets and you know i'm going to be honest rightfully so Enjoy your family. Enjoy your loved ones. Um, you don't have to win every day. Have some eggnog if that works for you. Eggnog to me is disgusting, but having an opinion. 
you get the idea. So Russia's bailout has begun. Um, what's interesting to note about Russia's bailout, in my opinion, is Putin came from extreme poverty, and he's now one of the world leaders. That's a positive story. Russia's begun bailing out the debt of its private and state-run companies and banks, which is denominated in dollars. Banks and companies owe a total of $600 billion in foreign debt. Things are going to get a lot worse there in 2015. The pain in Russia has only just begun. And what's interesting to note about that, and it's not wildly interesting, so don't get too caught up on this, Russians are people who love misery. They like showing the West, like, you know, screw you, I could drink vodka at 25 degrees below. I know you're saying, you just won the prize for the best Russian impression of the year. Thank you. Thank you very much. And they probably don't say Fahrenheit, so I probably blew the impression because I probably should have done Celsius, but that's fair. That's fair. Um, so things are going to get tough there. And uh, it's a nation that gets, you know, its identity from resolve. Um, a lot of the brains and a lot of the uh, rich people have left Russia, but they're not a nation that travels a lot. Like when you put sanctions on South Africa, it really upsets them. Apartheid's bad, we're putting sanctions on you. So they, eventually they cave and say, you know, we want to go to London. We want to travel abroad. Russians don't care. They don't travel that much as a, as a nation. Again, you can't classify nation completely, right? So drop me an email if you want any topics discussed today. I've got no content prepared, so this will be off the hip, so to speak. Rob at robblack.com or rob at robblackshow.com. I've got an event coming up in early, mid-January on wealth preservation retirement planning. Uh, you can sign up for that at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Let's take a break here. Be right back. attendants are coming out big winners in the oil crash. Why? They said that they plan to pay flight attendants an additional 4 percentage points on top of raises already averaging 10% thanks to profits that have strengthened as oil prices have collapsed. Cool. <laughs> I wish I was a flight attendant. No, I don't wish I was a flight attendant. That to me looks miserable. Although they're, always ha they're not always happy, but they do a good job. CEO Doug Parker said very strong results for 2014 would allow the carrier to lock in substantial wage hikes for the flight attendants. Other work groups would also see improvements in their raises, 
once their respective contracts are ratified. Plummeting oil prices have slashed costs at the world's largest airline by passenger traffic, which is poised to save more than its competitors because it did not hedge against prices. What's interesting to note about this is what's going to happen when prices go up on oil? That makes me a little nervous. Like, does that mean that they're going to roll back the flight attendants' pay raises? Probably not. I so badly don't want to talk about Seth Rogen and the interview at this point in time, but I do want to mention, okay, okay, you got me. It's going to be released. Apple declined to stream the interview on iTunes. The New York Times reported that Sony had approached Apple about the possibility of streaming upcoming film the interview, which called James Franco and Seth Rogen. Um, basically plot to assassinate North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un. So Apple not helping out. Interesting. Keep in mind, Sony has the rights to the movie, Steve Jobs. And uh, I don't know that there's there's nothing tied there, right? I don't think so. Um, But, you know, a little twist here is, you know, Tied towards, you know, releasing films and such. Um, little snubbing of Apple for sure. A little snub by Apple for sure. So other stories out there. Um, songwriter revenues on Pandora are pitiful. I mentioned yesterday that Happy by Pharrell has been streamed 43 million times. And he's been paid less than $3,000 as the writer of song. That feels not so good. Not so good. Not so good. Uber CEO Travis Kletnik has been indicted in South Korea. He will be charged... Uh, I know. Wait. Stop. Wait. What? A CEO is being charged with what? South Korean prosecutors have indicted the local subsidiary of U.S. taxi hailing service, Uber. The CEO for violating a law governing public transport. The South Central District Prosecutor's Office issued the indictment for violating the law prohibiting individuals or firms with appropriate, without appropriate licenses from providing or facilitating transportation. Okay. 2015, from these two stories, it's going to be a damn interesting year on streaming music, either Spotify and Pandora, uh, Apple as well, and or it's going to be, I think it's going to be a wild year for Uber and Lyft. Because quite honestly, they're, they're changing dynamics pretty aggressively. And, you know, taxi companies pay a right to have X amount of taxis on the streets. Uh, whatever city you want to talk about, San Francisco, Boston, New York. And Lyft is more of a, hey, it's a person helping a person. But isn't that kind of what a taxi is? It's a person helping a person? And let's even go in the bigger argument and say that that person is a business the IRS, con, you know, looks at businesses as people. Uh, it's going to be pretty interesting. So the dude from Uber, he's being indicted um, for playing matchmaker because they he's created an app that lets drivers and match with passengers and pay fees to each other. Or pay fees amongst each other. You get the idea. Um... So Uber CEO indicted. That to me is, I think that's a hell of a story. Um, and 2015 will probably have some other plays as well that will be interesting. 
and we'll wait and kind of see what they're going to be. Salesforce.com has lost a key engineer, the engineer who fled, who led Wave. A guy named Faye Jonas has departed for a tiny startup known as Kahuna. This is the biggest problem with tech startups and with successful companies like Facebook. Now that you are an engineer at Facebook, you can put on your pers- your resume, I'm an engineer at Facebook. A lot of people want to hire you because they know that you've gone from startup to development to IPO. Same things happen in Salesforce. It's tough to keep talent. Oracle was once very, very hot and very, very sexy. Just imagine Larry Ellison running around in a thong, right? You get got it? You got the picture for me? Okay. Imagine him on a boat <laughs> running around in a thong. Oh, I just vomited in my mouth. Um, but then Salesforce became sexy because they've got better stock options. They've got IPO stock options. Ooh, I want me some of that. So people jump to Salesforce. Now three, four, five years into Salesforce you know, dominance and taking business from uh, Oracle, it's turned into a scenario where it's you got to fight to get you know talent, and that's pretty in, that's pretty tough. So, because people are more greedy than they are loyal, in my opinion. S&P 500 is up three. The Dow's up 41. The Nasdaq up 17. Record territory for Dow Jones Industrial Average. Crude oil is at $55.56 a barrel. That is, again, good news for the airlines. Is it too late to buy the airlines? No, because the airlines have PEs of six or seven. Um, companies like Procter & Gamble has a PE of 22. They're too expensive. Airlines are too cheap. Banks are too cheap if things continue to slowly improve. There's your first three tips of the day. Um, <clears throat> taking a look at the SP 500, 2086 is the record. We're at 2082. Do we get there today? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, my crystal ball is a foggy. I know you're saying, did, was that the Italian uh, gypsy? <laughs> Thank you. Another character busted out today. I've got the Russian oligarch going, I got the Italian gypsy. Let's see what other stereotypes we can enforce and, and put out there for everyone. I'm going to check email during the commercial break. You can drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com, rob at robblackshow.com, or drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. Little Pharrell taking us to break. And guess what? He's not going to get a penny from the radio station because we don't play it long enough. Just saying, you know. Wealth Management Retirement Planning Seminar coming up January 15th. We'd love to see you there. That's going to be in Palo Alto, California. Sounds. I think they're all over 80 now. <laughs> if not, they're at least all collecting Social Security or some 
form of pension. They did a song called Time is on My Side. And time is on my side. Yes, it is. Time is on my side. Yes, it is. Now you all were saying that you want to be free, but you're coming running back. You'll come running back. You'll come running back to me. That is great investment advice. It's the key to long-term success of investing. Look at the S&P 500 within a hair of all-time highs. Look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average, 30 all-time highs. Look at your 401k five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. You're probably on an all-time high right now. It takes time. It's only after the animals are out of the barn that investors want to close the door, which basically means attempting to make the most money from participating in common stocks, but somehow regularly going to cash in at the worst of the declines. People tend to get greedy at the top. They tend to get fearful at the bottom. And what you need to do is buy on a regular basis and accumulate wealth over time. I know the millennials are listening to the show right now. They're saying, who is this Rolling Stones? Um, you can't miss the returns on the market. The performance of $10,000 between December 31st, 1993 and December 31st, 2013. If you missed certain days. If you were fully invested the whole time, that whole time, time is on your side. You turn $10,000 into $58,000. You got a 9.22% return. If you'd missed the 10 best days, you only made $29,111 out of $10,000. So that's a 5.49% return. If you had $10,000 in the market on December 31st, 1993, and you held it till December 31st, 2013, 20 years later, that 10000 only eleven, oh, roughly 12000 Only a 1% return if you miss the 30 best days. So you see that there's a difference between 12000 and 58000 Being fully invested, writing out good times and bad times. Being, you know, trying to be smart a couple times. Time's on your side. And unless you think capitalism is going the way of the dodo bird... And trust me, there's some people out there. There's one guy who emails me on a regular basis, and he kind of laughs. And um, I'll just say his first name's Al, and he's got 666 in his email, which kind of tells you something. Um, And I haven't heard from him, oddly enough, in multiple years, but he would be like, Ah, sucker, markets are going lower, you're a fool, you're an idiot, everything you say on radio, you're going to hurt people, blah, blah, blah. Like, where is he now? So trying to be smart and getting in and out of the market, it's not going to work for you. So another lyric from Time is on Your Side is, Go ahead, baby, go ahead. Go ahead and light up the town. And baby, do anything your heart desires. Remember, I'll be around. And I know, I know, like I told you so many times before, you're going to come back. Yeah, you're going to come back, baby. In the current environment, investors' heart desires are to have the long comfort of being in every sector and every company of the S&P 500. So you're betting on a winning horse, but you're betting on 10 sectors, energy, retail, technology. You get the idea. And yeah, energy stinks right now, but you're also getting a discount. And in 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you're going to go, whoa, I'm glad I did that. It may be five years. It may be a year. But when things stumble, that should be your 
this is nice. We had a tech bubble in 2000. We had a financial crisis in 2008 tied towards the banks. But look what happened right before both of those. The 1990s from 95 to 2000 was the most glorious time to invest in the history of mankind. You would invest in one stock and it would go up 20% in a month. Like, it was insane. Insane in the membrane. Insane in the brain. Um, so where does this go? So we had a bubble in 2000 and people were like, oh, I lost a lot of money. No, you didn't. You create a lot of money and then you lost a majority of it. You didn't rebalance your portfolio when things got frothy. You got greedy and expected them to continue to go higher. I, on the other hand, took some gains. In 2008, the financial markets tumbled. And you've heard me for the last three years, at the beginning of the year, I go, I think the financials are the right place to be. In the last three years, the financials have been the right place to be. Are there better? Sure. But from a risk-to-reward standpoint, I don't think so. As individual companies settle with the government for obviously what they helped cause of the meltdown of mortgages and mortgage-backed securities, the risk comes off the table. Right now, if you rear-end a lawyer, you go home and you're frightened. You're out of your mind crazy frightened because you're going to get sued. Is it going to be for a dollar? Is it going to be for $100,000? Is it going to be for a million dollars? $10 million? You don't know. But once the judge says, you know what? You rear-ended him and, yeah, you fixed his car and his neck. He's got a little bit of a sprain. Doctor said nothing more. That's four or $5,000. You, you can quantify it. Demon known versus the demon unknown. So always take a look. And, like, the financials had a great run in the 90s. And they did pretty good in the early 2000s. Um, but they got slacked in 2008. But they originated a lot of mortgages that ultimately they shouldn't have. And they sold a lot of mortgages to other investors that ultimately had more risk than they were disclosing. I'm summing it up here. I'm paraphrasing, so to speak. But they create ginormous profits. So when you look at the corrections, don't just look at that side. When you look at the bad times, don't just look at that side. You got to take into account everything, in my opinion. And again, keep in mind that time's on your side if you believe in some sort of perverse capitalism. Passive investing in the U.S. large cap equity spaces appears to no longer be in the minority as overwhelming flows of funds have gone passive this year. And, you know, victory, security, success, create wealth. Now, once you have wealth, I think you need to manage it. And that's a whole nother game. But, you know, that's a conversation for another day. So the holiday season's wrapping up. And as it wraps up, now is the time to shop. Now is the time to get some great deals. Um, apparel will be marked 50% off, especially the day after Christmas. Beauty products, 50% off. Uh, there's a good website, dailynews.com and Ben's Bargains. Holiday decorations, up to 90% off. So if you're paying full price for things, you're... You either have no storage in your life, or you're just a fool. Mid-sized TVs, 40-inch, uh, 50-inch TVs, barred. 
But you want to wait till January for the big deals on big screen TVs. Again, mid-size different than big size. Toys. The toys that aren't the season slot items are deeply discounted. So no, you may not be able to get the, is it Elsa from Frozen? You may not be able to get the Elsa doll, but you still could get, you know, the uh, Susie Horman donkey, donkey toy. Video games and consoles? Oh, behave, Suze. Behave. Um, video games and consoles, they know that the Christmas season's big. Um, so they start basically big sales right about now. Um, because they know that people that had to have them, have them. So just pay attention to the sales aisle. I think you'll do ultimately pretty well for yourself. It is the holiday season. It's that time of the season that we all find so pleasing. You know what company I hate. And this is just... I'm not big into commercialism. You know, I, I don't need a lot of goods in my life. And it's funny that I make a lot of money investing from commercialism. And I totally acknowledge that. Um, I don't know where that thought was going. Let's jump over. The, oh, oh, Coca-Cola. I'd like to buy the world a Coke, right? What did they announce yesterday? <laughs> You're going to love this. They're going to cut 2,000 jobs in the coming weeks. This is the biggest thinning of the company in 15 years. It's roughly 10% of their Atlanta workforce. It's part of that $3 billion cost-cutting plan. Investors aren't convinced Coke can pull it off. Um, a little bit of a restructuring going on. Track record in cutting costs has not been very strong in the past, so there's a little bit of a reluctance. Highest cost of doing business is labor. So today when you're at work and you're all bitter that your boss won't buy you a phone, or they get you a juice box for the holiday season. <laughs> oh, here's your juice box. Happy holidays. Um, so, happy holidays. You've lost a job. I love it. Why do it? Why not do it in January or late November? Cook says it's going to adopt a zero-based budgeting, so they're going to require their managers to, you know, be intelligent with how they spend money. Um, they're cutting down a big party that they had every holiday season for analysts. They're stopping it. They're telling their C their executives, not their CEOs, but their executives, no more limos. Swap limos for taxis. Fun to see how it plays. Time is on your side as an investor. Be patient. Don't freak out. Stay in the market. I'm Rob Black.
So I got an email. Someone wanted to talk Schlumberger. And let me read the email online so I get correct what he's looking for. I heard from your radio show that you're currently taking questions from listeners this morning. I'm wondering if you can talk about Schlumberger. Is it a good buy at the current price? Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Love your show. It's going to depend on your time frame, first and foremost. Um, talking a bit about Schlumberger, giving people kind of a little color on what they do. It's a company based out of Houston. Um, last time I looked, I don't think that's changed. They are a oil and gas driller play. They help them get out of a slump. One of the world's largest oil-filled services companies with scores of business units. It provides a full range of services, seismic surveys, formation evaluation, drilling technologies and equipment, cementing, well construction, completion, project management. Uh, they develop new technology for reservoir optimization. Now, probably not going to come as a surprise that they've been struggling with the price of oil. So first and foremost, as email uh, or Simon, you have to decide where do you think oil's going. So this has to be part of your evaluation. Schlumberger trades for 16 times next year's earnings, and those are going to get slashed. Thus, it's not cheap right now. Market, you typically hold, you think that, um, with the market, you tend to think, if the market's PE is around 15, 16, 17, 18, and then Schlumberger is, you kind of start adding that up. So the Schlumberger, ticker symbol SLB, slob, there's a weighted OIH index. It's an oil index. It's ticker symbol OIH, and it's got names like Schlumberger, Halliburton, uh, Baker Hughes, many, 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 many more. As far as Schlumberger goes, you're going to have to have patience. Otherwise, it's just not worth doing. Marathon Oil slashes 2015 capital spending. Uh, Marathon Oil, one of their competitors. When you look at what could move it short term, you're probably looking at inventory statistics that are released. Um, for instance, um, it's the EIA inventory index, so you're looking for builds of oil or, or lower oil. The price target that I'm seeing from analysts on Schlumberger, keep in mind this is an $86 company, it's about $102. Targets are being lowered. My opinion is you may be a little bit early, but I think you're right. If oil has any sort of bounce back, if anything happens with terrorism, if Russia can play nice, the depressed values has created a lot of value. Now, to get your 15 to 20% return, you may have to wait up to 18 months, in my opinion. Uh, oil is expected to be low at least through next year. I've seen people expecting it to be low through 2020. Um, another analyst out on it has an outperform on December 14th. He said it's an outperform. It's an $85 stock then. He thinks it's a $114 stock. He thinks it's the world's premier oil-filled services company. So you're buying a great company with unparalleled technology, scale, breadth of products and services. Um, the stock tends to outperform peers in down markets. The company is clearly well-positioned to benefit from an increase in spending should oil prices rebound. 
again, that seems to be your issue, oil prices. So there seems to be value unless oil collapses to 40. Not many people are expecting oil to collapse to 40. Although you hear the Saudis say things like, we would be fine if it collapses to 20, and you're like, ooh. So a lot of positive views on Slumberzay at these levels. I'm not going to say you have my blessing, but I think I talked out the issue long enough with you that you at least have an idea. You don't have to be afraid to call, by the way. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. It's been a long time since I've screamed at someone. But if you want to talk Prop 13, old man, pick up the phone and give me a call. Uh, the NYSE closes early today for the holiday. This is that time of year where professionals, I mean, you can get more parking spaces in the city if you know what I'm saying. They're just, people aren't working. Crude oil's under pressure today. Again, you want to buy when things are stressed. Uh, you don't want to buy distressed companies. You want to buy the, them when their sector is stressed. Schlumberger is not going to go bankrupt anytime soon. Um, and if analysts do another round of cutting of expectations, make sure you have money to buy more so that you can you know, get a better deal for the long-term patient investor. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Some of the top stories of the day. Again, it's pretty quiet out there. Biotech stocks rebalance after recent weakness. There was a story this week where Express Scripts said, this hepatitis C drug from AbbVie is better than this hepatitis C drug from Merck. And the Merck is a once-a-day dosage, whereas the AbbVie is twice in the morning and then two more times throughout the day. And both of their treatments will cure you of hepatitis C. But Express Scripts was able to negotiate a deal where they got the drug lower. So anyone who uses a PPO or HMO who's tied towards Express Scripts, you know, doling out the medicines uh, to the pharmacies, you're going to get the AbbVie product or you're going to get nothing. That's probably one of the first big bullets in drug and pharma in a long time that I can remember, where the pricing of the drug distributor is basically calling for lower costs. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. Don't forget, I've got a big event coming up in the middle of January. It's a wealth preservation retirement planning event in Palo Alto. You can sign up for it today at robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Crazy year, huh? Putin invading Ukraine. The events in Ferguson. There was a recent shooting of a armed black man by a white police officer. Just about two or three miles west of Ferguson. And uh, that happened Tuesday night. Cop approaches two black suspects. One of them pulls a gun on him. He pulls his gun and shoots him. Um, we are living kind of an insane time. Now, again, a couple of years ago, we were talking about Occupy Wall Street. This year, we're talking about white-black relationships. And in this particular city, eight of ten residents are black. And, whoa. Uh, we've got some issues ahead of us. And it's going to be disruptive to some technologies. It's going to be disruptive to some companies and individuals. I saw there was a big protest at the Mall of Americas in Minnesota. Uncool to take the protest to shoppers during the holiday season, but I'm not one to... I'm not smart enough to figure this one out. But it is a big story of 2014. Um, the Dow and SP 500 further into record territory. Unemployment claims fall 9,000. Um, to a seven-week low. What's interesting about this is it could be kind of seasonal, and it could be uh, it could be snowstorms kept people at home. It could be holidays people went home. So these are applications for first-time unemployment are a proxy for layoffs. Number of people seeking jobless benefits has been at historically low levels now for 14 out of the past 15 weeks. This is good. Um, other big stories out there right now. Sony's supposed to get hacked on Christmas for their video game service. But get this, some hackers hacked the group that was going to hack Sony. <laughs> like, really? What a weird, weird year. Kim Jong-un. Um, Sony's bringing its cloud-based PlayStation Now video game streaming service to Samsung televisions. So they're just installing it inside of it. Um, our TVs are getting smarter. Our cars are getting smarter. Self-driving cars bigger and bigger story. We heard recently that the state of California has missed its deadline to figure out what safety issues need to be addressed. Like, how easy is it to switch from autopilot to U-Drive? What happens if the computer crashes and you know, you're making out with your girl in the front seat? But on top of that, the state of California still needs to figure out who figures out safety issues. Is it the manufacturer? Is it the technology company providing the tech? Is it the state? Or is it potentially a third party like the European Union has that comes in and says, okay, this car, we give it thumbs up. A lot going on. So what's your 2015 look like? 2014... Markets record highs. An amazing run from 2008 to 2014 uh, into 2015. The employment numbers in America look good, but to be honest with you, I'm, I'm worried about the world. We want them to do okay. And in the world of Goldilocks, it's on the cold side. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's just right. 
No, no, it's on the cold side. You can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. I'll talk about your questions on today's show. This is a holiday show. I'm here. So if you're driving, uh, you can drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com or rob at robblack.com. Anything that's on your financial mind. Things that you wish you knew about money is an important conversation to have with your kids. And I'm not very reflective at the end of the year. When it comes to money, I'm reflective all the, all the time. Hindsight's 2020. My first radio show when I got into radio 18 years ago was 2020 Insight. And then it became 2020 on Wall Street, and then it became Rob Black and Your Money. There's a trivia question. If anyone wants to play Rob Black Trivia, we'll set up a game right here, right now, 800-516-1220. There's dozens of ways out there to lose money. So that's what you're trying not to do when you're 18 years old. There's, you know, when you're 20, you hear about, hey, there's this company that sells um, power drinks. And if you sell enough, then you you get commissions on it. And if you get friends to sign up, you get commissions on their commissions. I would stay the H-E double two picks away from that kind of get-rich scheme. Chances are you're digging yourself into debt to try to get rich because you have to pay to play in those type of clubs. Um, Herbalife, I don't like you. You're not for me. I want my power drinks. I don't need a a power drink bar to go get them. I don't need a salesperson to go get them. Um, 2015, the big thing that in 2000, one big trend in 2015, I think there's going to be a shakeout in venture capital funding. So I think we, we've kind of hit that point of we're overfunded as far as startups go. So there should be a pullback there. But on top of it, um, driverless car technology is going to continue to be a big conversation. Same-day delivery from Macy's. We had an analyst on from the street last week and two weeks ago. And one of the things he brought up was the same-day delivery is going to be a big story in 2015. So let's say your, your Beats headphones break and you want a new pair of Beats, you'll jump on Best Buy's website and say, bring them to me. Um, it's going to happen. And you know what the horrible part about that? It's the cannibalization of the margins. Companies used to make money from you going to them. Now they have to pay someone to come to you. So instead of making 20 bucks for a pair of Beats headphones, maybe they'll make 10 bucks. Typical markup in, radio, in retail is 100%. So there's some wiggle room in high-end products like Beats headphones. When I was 18, I wish people would have told me, start saving for retirement. So if you know an 18-year-old, 16-year-old, 20-year-old, tell them to start saving now. Max out. No, I mean max out. Put 50 bucks a paycheck in the 401k. Just get started. And when you see your money is at an all-time high at the end of the year like this year, you're thrilled. Your money made money. So screw your boss. He was a jerk this year, right? But yet he paid you, and your money made money. So you're better off than just making money. And next year, the money that your money made, we'll call it baby money. Baby money will make money. So your money that you put in 50 bucks made money. And that money, baby money, made money. So now you got baby, baby money. And all you did was deal with your boss at work. In your 20s, you want to start setting mid-range goals. It's time to start saving. Is it time to get married? Is it time to get an advanced degree? Do you want to start your own business? Do you want to travel right now before you have kids and your reality of traveling has changed? 
just throwing it out there for you. In your 20s, you want to be told by someone, uh, set up an emergency fund. If you can get two to six months of cash when you do lose your job, which is inevitable, you know, Coke's cutting 10% of their workforce. If they have two to six months of cash, then they could take their time, find, they not take their time, but they have time to go find another job. If they don't have that emergency money, then they eat into their savings or they eat into something they shouldn't be eating into. Like chocolate pudding pie. A holiday favorite in my family. My mom used to make it with graham cracker crust. It's so white trash, it's wonderful. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money invested, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. I always have events coming up. Learn more at robblack.com. Just got an email from Johnny. Here's Johnny. Hi, Rob. Happy holidays. Thanks, Johnny. I've been working two jobs this year, and my wife has been working two. We have no kids. We make a combined income of about 300,000 doleros. Do you have any advice on how we can cut down on paying taxes? Should I claim zero or one on my debut two? I maxed out my 401k and Roth IRA this year. Um, you may not actually qualify for a Roth, so keep that in mind. So you may have to do what is considered kind of a backdoor Roth, where you open up an IRA, put money in that, and then convert it to a Roth You know, during the year. Um, which is probably the what I would look into. I can't give a lot of advice on taxes for legal reasons. Um, it's the one area that it's kind of a, a, a big no-no. Um, let's see, 2014 Roth IRA. Let's see what we're going to get next year as far as rules go. Give me just a second. I'm at irs.gov. So for this year, if you're married and filing jointly, your adjusted gross income is greater than $180,000. Um, then you can contribute up to the limit. Uh, but over, no, no, under $181,000 is your limit. So at $300,000, y'all are probably making too much money if you're filing jointly. If you're single... Your limit is between 114 and 129,000. You're going to be able to do a reduced amount. If you make more than 129,000, you could do zero. Uh, under 114,000, you could do the whole thing. Married and filing separate. That's just it's a tough one to explain. Um, so I don't know your marriage status, but you're probably legally not allowed to fund a Roth. Is my guess if you really are pulling in 300,000 um, and you're filing as a couple. Um, I would try to obviously max out the 401k, which you do. But by the way, hell yeah, Johnny, $300,000 in an income, two jobs. You're working two jobs. You're the man. If you want to send me a little bit more information, that'd be great. He says, any other advice on how we should accumulate the wealth other than put it in a bank or CD? Okay, put two to six months of your money into a bank. Um, that's your emergency fund. 
After that, I would set, I would call TD Ameritrade, Vanguard, or Fidelity, and say something along the lines of, "Hi, I'm Johnny. I'd like to open up a regular account, an investable account, where you now have the access to write checks off of it. You can have a credit card tied towards it, a debit card if you want. Um, you have another account that's growing and it's seasoning money." With that account of extra money after you've maxed out the 401k and your IRA, you have the options of like, hey, maybe one day I want to buy a house. And maybe your account at TD Ameritrade will be called, you know, house. Maybe you want to say vacation home and maybe it'll be called vacation home. Maybe it's, you know, have kids and go ahead and set up a college plan for them. You've got some options with that extra money. And what I would do with it personally is invest for the long term. Or maybe you invest for the midterm and say, you know, I'm taking a different approach with this money because I may need it. Um, but when you retire and you have a 401k, that's great. If you have a regular account and it's worth millions, that's great too. So it seems like you're doing the right thing. Again, I don't know a lot about you. I don't know your age. I don't know your housing situation. I don't know why you're working two jobs. If you're just, you know, a go-getter, which again, you're my favorite email uh, in a long, long time. So no kids and making 300k, that's good money. Um, and again, you know, maybe you and your wife spend crazy amounts of money on drugs or vacations. I don't know. Um, this email comes to me from John, Rob at robblack.com. It's Rob at robblack.com. Love the show and always read your daily updates from 2020 Insight. What? I don't do daily updates. Oh, always read them. Oh, God, he's a, he goes back way, way, way. Back, 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 back. He works at eBay. Sorry about that. And he's going to be on the eBay side after the split. Sorry about that. Um, there will be a PayPal and an eBay side. Do you think the split and having each get their own market cap valuation is best for the stock? I do. I think PayPal will create... Um, PayPal's being stifled, in my opinion, because... We're in an age of e-commerce and things like Apple Pay, and eBay kind of gives a black eye, kind of, to PayPal. And he goes on to say, folks say that eBay, as an individual company, cannot be bought by Alibaba. I've heard folks say that government will not allow Alibaba to buy eBay because they may not get access to consumer data. I see that as silly as eBay as a retailer and not instrumental in the production of the United States. Plus, if Chinese want addresses... They could just hack a company. What you say, Rob Black? I have no opinion on that. I, it's not that I'm trying to dodge the question. Um, I do know that Alibaba we're going to watch very carefully. And I agree with Mark Cuban. It's weird that we allow them to be listed on the public uh, exchanges here. Because China's not a very public and open country. Um, so that causes me some concern that... The nice thing about buying something like Intel is we have regulators and SEC attorneys who say, Intel, you have to file every 90 days how much money you made. And if there's anything material, like if a CEO's got cancer or uh, you've acquired a company using shareholder money, because it's a publicly traded company, public, we want access to that information and you have to make disclosures. We can't go to China and say, Alibaba, open your, your doors. And yet they're on our publicly exchanged networks, uh, stock markets. Like, that kind of creeps me out a little bit. So, and I hate that I'm quoting Mark Cuban more and more. Just, I feel like 
I shouldn't be doing that. Anyway, one of the topics or one of the cans of worms I've opened up this hour is advice that you should be, don't you wish you knew? I wish my dad said when I was 16, 17, 18, you know, you need to track your spending. I probably would have said, screw you, dad. But at least it would have been said. And I, had I had a reasonable head on my shoulders, I, I would have said, why do I need to track my spending? Um, I know where it all goes. And he would say, you know what? You probably don't. And when you look back on it, you're going to probably see that you bought too many pizzas or that you bought too many. Like I bought, good God, I'm so embarrassed with this. I got season tickets in my 20s to the Washington Capitals. I'm so dreadfully embarrassed by that. I was fairly affluent in my late 20s, and I, I could afford them, but I wasn't, did I max out my 401k? Did I find other investments? What if I invested that money? That $4,000 would easily be worth $20,000, $25,000 at this point in time. Um, so I wish someone would have told me, like, build up a better credit score. Um, debit cards don't help your credit score. Get a credit card and pay it off monthly. Um, treat a credit card sensibly. Uh, charge something, pay it off. That's going to boost your credit rating. It's going to make it more likely that you can get a mortgage or a car loan in the future cheaper than you could versus the you who doesn't have a credit card. I like the no annual fees. I like the reward cards. I'm not against using double my cash. <clears throat> I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. I've got an event coming up on wealth preservation in Palo Alto. Sign up for it now at robblack.com. I know what you're trying to say, baby. You're trying to say, oh, yeah. Is business time. Yes, business. Yes, business time. I don't know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say it's time for business. It's business time. Ooh. Yes, business. Yes, business time. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, we're in the bathroom brushing our teeth. That's all part of it. That's foreplay. Foreplay is very important. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. One more time, Dr. Jeff Rosen, ChiefEconomistBriefing.com for the year 2014. How are you, Mister? I'm pretty good. How about yourself? Good. I'm I'm definitely in holiday mode. How about yourself? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually uh, doing this show from. Uh, my in-laws in, in Cleveland, so we're, we're definitely ready to party here. <laughs> I could let you go right now. <laughs> um, with that said, I'll, I'll make it quick. I'll, I'll get you off the phone fast. Um, and thanks for making the effort, and again, especially from the in-laws. At least I'm making you look good. I'm making you look <laughs> like you're big media dude. Um, first time unemployment claims. Again, 14 out of 15 weeks now. It's just been pretty darn sweet. Is that your read on it? Exactly what the read is. I mean, you saw yesterday a uh, upward revision to Q3 GDP to 5%. So the last two quarters, we've been over, you know, four point something in, in Q2, 5%. Last quarter, I'm, I'm looking at an above 3% print right now for Q4. All these are in line with a uh, initial claims level at 
you know, 290,000. I mean, we're realistically, we're looking at an economy that is moving, you know, very close to full employment. I mean, the, these are what we expect. You know, we're seeing some overheating uh, in terms of economic growth. It hasn't translated yet to wage gains, but we expect to see those fairly soon. And once those come, I mean, everything will be humming. Okay, everything is kind of humming in GDP numbers. Yesterday, that number came out 5% in the third quarter. Is that a real number? It is. I and mean, if you look at the details, we saw improvements in consumption and investments. That's what drove the upward revisions. And they were good numbers. I mean, you know, you could say that Q3 and in partially of Q2, some of that gain was inventories after, uh, you know, the poor Q1 number after that negative print. So, if you look at Q3, uh, though, the inventory number went away. I mean, inventories are flat. So the entire gain was real final sales. They were real growth, you know, gains in investment, gains in consumption, a better trade balance, uh, a little step up in uh, government spending. Everything was moving last quarter, and then that's what that 5% showed. And, and that's a good number. That's a real number. Where do you think our GDP is expected to fall in 2015? Because this this number worries me. It's too hot for me. Yeah, and you know, I I don't disagree with that. If you've looked at my reports, I'm more of a pessimistic type economist in terms of my forecasting. You know, I didn't expect GDP to run nearly this hot in the beginning of the year. I don't expect it to stay hot like this in 2015. Uh, my forecast right now uh, is around 2.8%, and a little of that is because we've had uh, a pretty good drop in gasoline prices, and I think that's going to have a nice impact in, in next year's GDP numbers. But uh, if oil prices start rising back to where we saw them uh, you know, early in the summer, I would expect GDP of more around 2.3-2.5%, which is what we've been seeing you know, previously before 2014, which is that new normal type uh, outlook. But if we're really seeing that you know, there's really not as much structural damage in the economy as that many of us expected, which is why we've been seeing such strong GDP reports over the last two quarters, then you know another three percent year next year is, is very possible. That's good news. Thanks for that. Now that five percent number that had to, and the Fed Reserve probably knows this uh, unless they went on vacation. Um, is that going to send the flag up? Like we should raise short-term rates today or very very soon, and not mid two thousand fifteen. Well, it's unusual because the Fed's got two things that it looks at. It looks at inflation and it looks at employment. And the employment situation, if we believe those employment numbers, and the initial claims level seems to suggest this, that you know we're closing in on full employment if we're not there already. So given that, you would expect to start seeing raises, you know, rates rise. However, with declines in commodity prices over the last you know, six to eight months, especially you know, even outside of energy, we haven't seen any rise in general inflation. In fact, the uh, core PCE levels are running at about 1.4% year over year, which is a little bit more than a half percentage point below what the Fed targets. So you, know, you, you don't want to raise rates too early and possibly stunt the recovery and drive inflation lower. You know, you don't want to get into a disinflationary area that we see of like Japan that we're starting to see right now of Europe. I mean, we know from history and from what monetary policy can do, 
We know that if inflation goes above target, that you can curtail inflation by raising rates. What we know from Japan is that if inflation goes into a disinflation or deflationary environment, that it's not very easy to get out of that situation. That you know, the, the, the financial crisis of Japan is still kind of going on. So I am kind of hesitant to say that the Fed's going to raise rates real soon with inflation at its current level, just because it doesn't want to get into that environment. It doesn't want to get to a point where. You know, monetary policy is going to be ineffective for another 10 years because we're in a disinflationary environment. On to the next topic, um, budget from the Congress. Was there anything in that that uh, falls into the world of economics that you found interesting and or where we're going to go with budget fights and the political landscape in 2015? Yeah, I, I, I don't really know what's going to happen for fiscal year 2016. Fiscal year 2015 isn't much different than what most people expected. And there's, there's not... You know, there's a couple of things thrown in there that people are talking about, namely, you know, some of these banking, new banking regulations that kind of pull back on Dodd-Frank a bit. But in terms of the overall budget, it seems to be, you know, fairly consistent. The, um, you know, there, there really wasn't anything that, that stood out to me. But next year, when you have a full Republican Congress, you know, you might get a, a, a different situation. You may get more... Uh, spending cuts than what we saw right now, which could have, you know, a negative impact. You know, but again, without knowing what they're looking at, it's, it's hard to determine what that's going to be. How worried are you about what we're hearing out of Europe as the slowdown goes? And will the lower gas prices help, uh, lower oil prices help Europe as it's kind of expected to help the U.S.? Well, right now they're not seeing as big of a decline, if I recall. I mean, some of it is to do with the fact that, uh, a lot of their supplies still remain constrained because a lot of it, you know, natural gas and whatnot was coming out of Russia. But, I mean, overall, lower commodity prices should help boost growth in the near term. The question is, you know, how is the long-term situation going to be? There's still a lot of structural problems in there. You're running into another fact where Greece may exit the euro again. So there's a lot of, you know, questions and concerns about how the overall situation is. I think as a whole, the uh, European zone or the Eurozone is just not in as strong of a position to see widespread economic growth just from a drop in commodity prices. I think you're going to need more, you know, I don't know if it's fiscal, fiscal stimulus you need or more structural reforms that can make things easier to start a business or whatnot. But uh, overall, I think it's still going to remain you know, fairly weak, even as commodity prices do give a little bit of a lift to uh, the consumer. Speaking with Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Market Economist with Briefing.com. Briefing's a great website. I start my day there every day, um, starting with page one and working my way through the economic statistics and market news. I'm kind of a market news guy, as you know. Dr. Jeff, uh, end of the year, do you want to make any predictions for 2015 and or anything that you're working on that you want to throw out there as, as highlighted material to show how smart you are? I'm good with either. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I just think that we're going to see a little bit better in terms of overall growth in 2015 than when we saw, you know, in the last couple of years. Uh, 2014's turned out to be a much better uh, economy situation than I expected in the beginning of the year. Uh, it's given me some optimism. Uh, you know, I really think that, 
you know, we're going to start seeing wage growth in the near term. The the fact that initial claims is is hanging below 280,000, you know, you're getting no layoffs essentially. This these are businesses that are, you know, looking at now to expand and you know, consumers have money in their pockets right now given the fact that oil prices are low. So, you know, it, it seems to be a good situation uh to produce, you know, solid gains next year. You know, I I'm normally a pessimist, but right now things are looking very, very good. Thanks very much. Again, thank you for the great year. Thank you for the great content. Get to your family. Enjoy the holidays. And uh, again, thank you. That's Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist with Briefing.com. I'm very appreciative of his efforts and his work. Hopefully, through the year, you've learned a little piece here, a little piece there. Some of the you know, re- economic releases, they can be a name to me. So I know they could be a name to you. To him, he lives and dies off these little nuggets. And some of them, like he points out, like, eh, don't pay attention to this one. Pay attention to that one. The one thing that it always comes back to for me is jobs. And I've learned that from time and time again from talking with economists. So <clears throat> jobs to me are a great... Um, whoops. <laughs> Thank you, Siri. Um... If jobs are out there and first-time unemployment claims, we're not losing a lot of jobs from the economic data that we saw today, then we have an economy. If we're adding jobs, we have an improving economy. I like it. With that said, we're due. We've had a great run of the markets. Make sure you look at your portfolio at least twice a year, maybe three times, maybe once, if that's your angle. But you got to monitor it. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. i got a big event coming up in early January, Palo Alto, on wealth preservation and retirement planning. Sign up at robblack.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, Don't be shy. It's the one mistake I think people make um, with financial questions. And what I teach you, or what I remind you of, remind your kids or people around you. One thing that I say to new friends is if you ever need to sit down and talk money, I'll do it and I won't judge you. Um, I do. I don't judge people, but I do talk to people. And I I hope that, you know, just even this hour of radio, I've talked about things to tell your, you know, 18-year-old, 20-year-old kid. Um, Like even things like prioritizing your your bills. Your car payment and your mortgage are two of the most important payments you can make on time. They're secured, which means the money you owe on them is backed by collateral, typically. And they can take it away from you. We've all run into some credit card issues. I ran into some credit card issues during college. A little irresponsible. I'm good with it. I had two things that I was ashamed of. 
when I got out of college. Some credit card debt. I didn't have student debt. I had credit card debt, though. Like, ridiculous, right? But also on top of that, I had, you know, I started getting a little puffy towards the end of college, right? And they didn't like taking off my shirt in front of women, whether it be the beach or what have you. Like, And I got over that, and it's so amazingly empowering. Like, you become a god when you get over shame, whether it's credit cards or having a little puffy weight. Kill shame in 2015 if you haven't already. Uh, tell an 18-year-old kid, think twice before buying a new car. Freedom isn't free. Neither are cars. The payment alone will run you at least 300 now, up to $600, $700 a month. Gas, routine maintenance, insurance, registration. It's crazy. Stop paying fees for things. Tell your, your, your young people in your life. Or if you're young, you should never pay. I, I get appalled when you know I'm at an ATM. And I don't even go to ATMs anymore, so it's a kind of a funny idea. But I get appalled when it's like, do you want, are you good with a $3 service fee? No! It's my money. Get off your lazy derriere and go to the bank and get your money. Don't put yourself in a position where you're at a Sharks game and you've got to even up money with your buddy. and just Don't do it. Um, I love the idea of having a roommate out of college to, to cut costs. I love the idea of living with mom and dad to cut costs. I'm totally okay with that. Um, and talk to your parents and say, you know, I'm going to have, you know, a beer or two. And there may be a date or two that I want some privacy on. Have no shame. You're an adult. So, and parents, let them be adults. Um, it's one of the more painful things I watch. If you don't empower your children in their 20, I mean, I hate parents who don't let their kids climb rocks. Let them climb rocks, because if you start sheltering them now, they're going to live a sheltered life. And when they get out in the real world, they're going to have a tough time. Um, and that's when they're making big mistakes. If they can learn risk management at an earlier age, they'll know risk management at a later age. There's an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal today that says, are low mortgage rates keeping people in their homes? And the answer is yes. And it's going to be an interesting issue over the next 30 years as people have locked into an amazingly low mortgage rate in the last two, three, four years. Um, <clears throat> and as interest rates go higher, people will be able to afford less home. Home values should come down, which may mean they'll be able to get the same kind of affordability. But I know that, you know, my home is in a trust and I've painfully in just pounded the trust language that this could be a rental for my heirs for years because of the low cost of the mortgage. Um, it more than covers the rental costs of the market. Doesn't mean that it always will, but at this current time, it does. Anyhow, um, back to you. Thanks for the great year uh, for me. I will be in next week for a couple days, so don't be shy about that. I would love to get emails and phone calls that you want me to do on air. Um, let's see. Saul just sent an email. Dear Rob, Merry Christmas. I love your show. But I love your show. Listen when I can, but podcast you every morning. I love so much when you say turkey and your producer plays the turkey sound. Guess what I'm having for Christmas? Nope. Sue Zorman. 
I mean, I'm eating cow. Um, I want to so much thank you for all you do and for impacting mine and my daughter Sarah's financial life in a positive way. I've come to the realization that I will most likely work till the day I die, but I'm okay with that. Thanks to you, I've increased my 401 contribution from 6% to 20%. I now have 47000 in a Fidelity account. I'd like to know what your view is on kale. 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 Um, that's Coca-Cola. Long-term, I like Coca-Cola. Um, short-term, a lot of people are going to wait to see how their restructuring pans out, if they're saving money or not. They know that people don't like uh, carbonated beverages. They know that. It, I think there's some other companies that I like for long-term growth, and I don't know your age, Saul, um, but you're going to love the TV show that's coming out in 2015, Better Call Saul. <laughs> you're going to be a very popular man. Um, the valuation on Coke's a little high for me. So right now I'm favoring banks. I'm favoring other areas of the market that have lower valuations, energy. Um, but long-term, Coke, no problem with it. Prefer Pepsi, but they both have a. I'd like to see Coke use the weakness to diversify their company, to get rid of some of the slower growers, and to pick up some faster growers. Uh, they should pick up Monster soon. Uh, with that said, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I'm flat out of time. Have a good holiday seat. See you Monday. Talk to you soon. Rob Black. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.